At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Warmer for Lilo. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And we've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. The lead analyst of Pickwise. That would be Jared Smith. He does absolutely amazing work over there. He is going to be joining me. He does a great job with his chart slash spreadsheet of everything that we're seeing in terms of year fee and nerfy bets. That's no run for a setting. Yes, run for a setting bets. We're going to be talking about what he's seen thus far this season, the way that he is going about that. We're also going to be taking a look at some of the marquee games that we are seeing for this Tuesday as well and talking about how the Astros are currently the team to beat out there in the American League as well. We're going to have a great chat with Jared, one of the best in the business, so looking forward to that in the final segment. Going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we touch them off first things first. Always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast and we got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at JNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Only questions I got in was why in the world the San Diego Padres could not wind up scoring a run on Monday. So let's take a look back at everything that we did wind up seeing on Monday. Try to find some trends that try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The DK Nation pick on Monday was the under in Marlins versus Padres, and it gets home easily. 3-0 to zero the final. The Miami Marlins have now scored three runs or fewer in 16 straight games. 
The record in the modern era of baseball is 17, so there's creeping up upon that, but very, very strange game from the San Diego Padres as Joe Musgrove, he winds up giving up three runs over the course of six innings. Most times it's not bad, but against this Marlins team that's far from great, J.J. Blede was able to get a home run in this one as he winds up being able to pound out his third of the season, and for the Marlins, they go 1-6 with men in scoring position, but very interesting. Miguel Rojas, he was able to get a triple in this one after Drickson Profar pretty much refused to throw in the ball after he had gotten a double, so that was of fascination. Meanwhile, Sandy Alcantara continues to be the leader in terms of the National League Cy Young odds, and he backed it up in this one. Seven scoreless settings. Stephen O'Kurt, Tanner Scott from there. All I will give you scoreless settings, and for the Padres, Stephen Wilson, Tim Mill, they provide a scoreless setting. The Phillies, they wind up getting the win, but they cannot cover the run line. Four to three, the finalists. If you wind up having the run line of the Philadelphia Phillies, wind up having a little bit of brutality as 11 men were left on base. In this one, Noel Thor Syndergaard, he gives up three runs over the course of seven innings, and he did wind up allowing a bomb in this one to Jake Fraley, his fourth home run season. That one coming after he had pitched seven complete. From there, you wind up having Sir Anthony Dominguez along David Robertson provide a scoreless inning as for the Cincinnati Reds, Mike Miner. Continues to be a major disappointment, giving up four runs over the course of five innings, but bullpen did their part from there. Hunter Strickland, a scoreless setting. Ian Gaboa, a scoreless setting. Luis Sessa, two scoreless settings. And at the very least, you've got consistency with the Reds' bullpen. All three of those guys between a 550 and a 560 ERA. You can't space it out much better than that. The Tigers and the Guardians wound up playing a pair as it was a split. The Guardians took game one by a count of 4-1 to one as you wound up having Drew Hutchinson give a relatively solid start for Detroit, giving up one run in five and a third innings. Will West from there gives up two runs in an inning, and Andrew Chafin, he lost a solo home run while getting two-thirds of an inning as under Semenis gets his 13th home run season. Willie Peralta, scoreless setting, and frankly nothing doing for the Detroit Tigers. Aaron Savali allows one run, punches out 10 over the course of six innings before James Karinczak, Trevor Steven, Emmanuel Classe. I'll give you a scoreless setting, and then in game two, the Tigers get their revenge. 7-5 to five the final as for Cleveland, it was the first career start of Xavion Curry and Mr. Curry. Well, he was already to get out of this game, giving up three runs over the course of five innings. But then from there, the bullpen not so great. Brian Shaw and Eli Morgan both give up two runs in an inning with Morgan giving up two home runs in an inning to a Detroit Tigers team that they average right around .7 home runs per game. Jonathan Scope, ninth home run season and First career home run from the young man out there in left field, Gary Carpenter. From there, you did wind up having Sam Antiches, Nick Sandlin. I'll give you a scroll of setting, and for Cleveland, they go 2 of 7 men in scoring position. Andres Jimenez, his second home run of the day. That comes off of Brian Garcia, 14th of the campaign, and then you wind up having Luke Melee get his second home run season. Also off of Garcia, he lost those two home runs, three runs in total over the course of six innings, but bullpen at his back. Gregory Soto, Alex Lang, a scoreless setting apiece. Joey Menace, a pair of outs out of the bullpen before Jose Cicerno. Gives up a run while getting just one out out of the bullpen. Wound up having the New York Yankees get shut out as the curse of Sunday Night Baseball continues. These teams that are playing on Sunday Night Baseball are literally winning fewer than 30% of their games as far this season. It has to be close to 25%. Every team that plays on Sunday Night Baseball and then plays on Monday, they get just smoked. 4-0 to the final. In this one, as the Yankees get absolutely nothing generated. Jalen Beeks, two scoreless settings as the opener. Ryan Yarbrough, bulk guy. Six punch-outs for a season which he hasn't been able to get a lot of punch-outs in. Four scoreless settings. Ryan Thompson, Brooks Raley combined for two scoreless settings. And then Jason Adam winds up lending a scoreless setting as well as for the race. They put up three runs in the ninth inning to put this one out of reach as Garrett Cole didn't pitch bad. He gave up one run over the course of six innings. Fair to call him a tough luck loser here as Jonathan Lewiska won in third inning scoreless, but Wani Peralta 
Not of all guys, he winds up having his falters, giving up two runs at one and a third innings before Lou Trevino gives up a run while getting it out of the bullpen. And Trevino pitching to the other Trevino, which, you know, Trevino on Trevino. I guess you could call it comedy there as Aaron Hicks. He provided comedy out there in the field if you were fading the New York Yankees. as that was not a good night for him. Not a good night for Mets pitching either, 13-1. to You wind up seeing the Atlanta Braves get the job done as Carlos Carrasco winds up giving up three runs over the course of two innings. There was a little bit of a rain delay in this one. Carrasco wound up coming out after the rain delay, and then he wound up getting hurt. And eh, But the Mets buying the eight ball is prior to him leaving. He did wind up giving up a home run to William Contreras, 16th home run season. And then you did wind up having Eddie Rosario go deep for his fourth home run season. Travis Darno later on in the game, he gets his... 12th home run of the season off Michael Givens as Givens had been Givens up the runs, giving up three runs over the course of an inning. Not as bad as Adonis Medina, though, who now has a 4.63 ERA, courtesy of giving up six runs, five of which were earned while getting four outs. Yoli Rodriguez finds giving up a run in one and two-thirds innings before Darren Ruff, position player. Two scoreless innings on 14 pitches. Very efficient there, and for the Atlanta Braves, Spencer Strider, well, he had a stride. He did wind up walking a guy, gave up three hits, and only went five innings. Game was relatively out of reach, gave up one run, so he was able to do his part. Call McHugh, one and a third inning scoreless, and then you had Danny Young wind up being able to ride two and two-thirds innings scoreless, so he did his part. The Chicago White Sox doing their part to keep things competitive in the AL Central. 4-2, to two, they wind up taking down the Astros as they were down 2-0 to zero going into the bottom of the 8th inning, and the man that wanted being able to help them out, Eloy, a man has big RBI double in this one as the White Sox get to Rafael Motero, who's been very good out of the bullpen this season, but he gives up three runs without getting a single out. Phil Mayton, he wanted getting it out, out of the bullpen as Jose Arquiti. A very good start that gets squandered. Seven and two-thirds innings. He allows one run, so he did his part, but Houston not able to get a lot of offense generated as Johnny Cueto gives up two runs, one of which was earned over the course of eight innings before Liam Hendricks. He closes the door, scoreless inning for his 27th save of the season. The Texas Rangers wind up firing Chris Woodward just before the game, and they came out inspired. 2-1 to one the final. They get it done against the Oakland A's. Glenn Otto has had a north of 70 or 8 home thus far this season. He was on his game, giving up one solo home run over the course of six innings going deep off of him. That would be Mr. Nick Allen, his second home run in the last seven days and his third home run of the season. From there, you wind up having two scoreless innings out of Brock Burke, Jonathan Hernandez. He provides a scoreless inning and the big fly in this one for the Texas Rangers, Marcus Simeon. 18th home run season that comes off of James Caprillion, who really has been pitching well for the Oakland A's. Three runs of fear surrendered, and now each out of his last eight starts gives up two runs of five and a third innings. He did his part. Sam Ball from there, pair of outside the bullpen, Domingo Acevedo, Zach Jackson. They both provide a scoreless setting, but not a lot to him for the Oakland A's, who I believe have now lost nine straight games. So, not going tremendously for them. The Twins, they are able to add the wins to the back half of that letter T that is a part of their name. 4-2 to two, the final as you did wind up seeing Minnesota go 3 of 10 with men in scoring position and get a good start out of Joe Ryan. Two runs surrendered in five and a third innings. He did wind up allowing home run to Vinny Pasquantino. His eighth home run season and for Mr. Vinny Pasquantino, he has now gotten four home runs over the last six games. This guy is on absolute fire, but that said, what else says Ben on fire is the amount of runs that Chris with the K. Bubich has allowed this season as he gives up four in five and two-thirds innings. 
From there, the bullpen wasn't too bad. Amir Garrett, Joshima, a scoreless setting, Jose Cuas was able to get it out of the bullpen, but for Minnesota Griffin, Jackson Honduran, Ode Lopez all provide a scoreless setting, and Caleb Theobar, pair of outs out of the bullpen as well. Yusei Kikuchi continues to, well, not get the job done to say the least. 7-3. The Baltimore Orioles as underdogs, they get it done. Kyle Bradish gives up three runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings, including a bomb as going deep for Toronto. Flagger Jr., 24th home run season, but Yusei Kikuchi, his nickname should be Hickory because he got smoked. Six runs in three and a third innings allowed. Only three of them were earned, but he also did wind up allowing a deep fly to Ryan Moncastle, 16th home run season, and, well, the Baltimore Orioles had the leg up in terms of the bullpen. Dylan Tate, Brian Baker, they both provide a combined three scoreless innings. Yonel Perez in out, out of the bullpen, and Felix Batista was able to provide a scoreless inning. Meanwhile, for Toronto, bullpen was not too bad in this one after Yusei Kikuchi completely left this game in flames. Trevor Richards, one and two-thirds innings, he gives up a run. Trent Thornton, two scoreless innings. Zach Pop, Adam Simber, they both provide a scoreless inning. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they continue to be the best team on the run line in all of Major League Baseball when they've been getting a run and a half, 67-32 and 32 on the run line. So they have been able to do an absolutely supreme job on that front. And speaking of being able to do an absolutely supreme job as well, the Cubs and the Nationals being able to hit their over 5-4. to four. The Nationals are able to get it done as it's been a rough year for Josiah Gray at home. He's got north of a 6 ERA at home and wasn't too great of a start here. Gives up three runs over the course of six innings, including a pair of jacks to Ian Happ. His 11th and 12th home runs of the season, but Marcus Stroman was not long for this game either. Four runs all unearned as Zach McKinstry is currently hitting a buck 56 for the season. He had a pretty bad throwing error that wound up preluding the fifth inning as the Nationals they wanted getting a four spot in that one. From there, Mark Leiter Jr., two and a third inning scoreless, but Brandon Hughes, he winds up allowing a solo run in the bottom of the eighth that allowed the Nationals to get the win as Nelson Cruz, not a name we've said a lot this season, is ninth of the season, Hunter Harvey. He gives up a run in an inning before Carl Edwards Jr. and Kyle Finnegan provide a scoreless eighth and ninth inning to be able to get this one to the window. Being able to get to the window, the LA Dodgers, 4-0. to zero. They wind up shutting out the Milwaukee Brewers, and for the Dodgers, they've won 80 games this season, 72 by multiple runs as Freddie Freeman goes deep for his 16th home run season off of Freddie Peralta, and Hobie Miller gives up a home run to Gavin Lux, his sixth home run of the season for Peralta. He's really on a tight pitch count right now. He winds up going four innings. He did wind up pitching 92 in this one, but still, they've been trying to ease him back a little bit. He's been dealing with some ailments. He does wind up giving up just one run in this one, but certainly was a bit of an adventure out there with four walks. You wound up having from there Hobie Miller give up two runs in an inning. Jason Alexander, no, not the comedian, three scoreless things on the bullpen. And then Peter Strzelski was able to provide a scoreless setting, but for the Brewers of nine with men in scoring position, Julio Arias continues to be very solid out there on the road. He provides five scoreless settings as for Mr. Urias, last year when he won 20 games, he wound up having 13 of those wins come on the road. This is road win number eight of the season for him, so he's looking to do the same. From there, Caleb Ferguson, Evan Phillips, David Price, Chris Martin all provide a scoreless setting for a Dodgers team that they currently lead the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. In terms of the National League, you did wind up seeing the San Francisco Giants get the job done against the Arizona Diamondbacks. This by kind of 6-1 to one is not a lot doing here for Arizona. And Matt Bum, well, he continues to pitch like a bum. He gives up six runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings. And it's now allowed at least five runs in each of his last three starts. If you want to date it back a little bit further, he's now given up at least five runs in five out of his last six. 
What a brutal stretch for Madison Bumgarner as he wanted getting a lit up in this one, giving up one home run along the way as Evan Longoria belted that one. Tenth home run season, and for Alex Cobb, he's been doing for a little bit of positive progression. Was able to do a solid job here, giving up one run over the course of six innings as he did wind up allowing a solo home run to Christian Walker. 28th home run season for Arizona. You wound up having Kevin Ginkle. Very strange name. One and a third inning scoreless. Edwin Yuseta was able to provide a scoreless inning. And then for San Francisco, Tyler Rogers, pair of outs out of the bullpen. Alex Young gets you an out of the bullpen. Dominique Leon, a scoreless inning. And then Jarlon Garcia polishes up the ninth inning. And then in the nightcap, you did wind up seeing the Seattle Mariners go on the road. They wind up getting the job done against the LA Angels. And it squanders what was a very solid start for Shoei Otani. Punches out eight. Gives up two runs over the course of six innings, including a homer to Jesse Winker, 12th home run season. From there, you do wind up having one and two-thirds innings scoreless out of Andrew Watts, and then Aaron Loop winds up coming in, and he did not wind up being able to complete the loop as for the Angels' main form of offense, Luis Renifo. He winds up getting his eighth home run of the season. That winds up coming off of Luis Casio. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of six innings before Diego Casio, Andres Munoz, where he will post up a pair of scoreless innings of their own end. Taking a look at the game of baseball right now, we have been seeing very much a relatively equal split in terms of overs and unders over the last 30 days ever since the All-Star break. It's been very, very much a stalemate, 170 unders to 166 overs thus far, right around 50.5% of games going under. Favorites, they're starting to really take hold. They are now 221 and 138 straight up over the last 30 days, so that's a little bit over 61.5%, and home favorites have been dominant. 139 and 74 straight up, and you've only seen 32 of these home favorites not be able to cover the run line, so they've been able to do a supreme job, and that's a little bit different than what we've been seeing this season, because home favorites overall have been solid straight up, being able to go 657 and 431, but among these 657 straight up wins for home favorites, we now have 200 cases in which the home favorite has not been able to cover the run line, you have seen unders be relatively solid this season, 842 unders to 790 overs. That's right around 51.6% to the under and favorites overall this season, hitting at a clip of 60%, 1,031 and 688. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up getting on Monday. Now let's get the Nerfy and Yerfy report and take a look at Tuesday's games with our good friend Jared Smith, who does amazing work at PicksWise. He's going to be joining me next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary in your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and great to be joined by our guests as Jared Smith does a terrific job taking a look at a wide variety of markets over there at PicksWise. Not only does he do a great job of taking a look at baseball, but specifically if you're someone that you like to bet yes or no run for a setting, he's got his chart out every single day to be able to help out with that. I know that he's getting set for what is going to be an amazing football season. He's been doing a great job on the links as well. Guy covers a little bit of everything, does an amazing job, and you're able to follow him on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith altogether. And Jared, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be here, Greg. A lot to talk about. Baseball really heating up the next couple of weeks when we get to the, the pennant chase. And I'm sure that I am not the first, but a warm and friendly welcome to you to lovely Las Thank Vegas you. as well, as I know that you have been a very busy man last few weeks with this move. But with that said, in terms of the no run for a setting market, we've been seeing some moves there. I just want to get your thoughts on this because we do mind seeing the Marlins versus the Padres game on Monday with 
no run for a setting being right around like a minus 180 to a minus 185, depending upon where your shot. Was that the juiciest line that you have seen all season in terms of this? Because that was insane. <laughs> yeah, I think minus 180 is up there. Um, now, I, at Coors Field, the yes uh, run first innings, I've seen minus 160, minus 170 before. And again, it's all about numbers, right? Like, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're so fluky. Those bets are, you know, they're, they're, they're really tough to handicap. Everything in baseball is fluky. And I think if you can control the probability and at least get some grasp on the probability of something to occur, then you can swallow some of those higher juices or you want to, you know, go on the other side and take the plus money because that shows value. So just like anything else, it just took some time and a little bit of massaging to try to figure out where the probabilities were. But yeah, that one at minus 180, I think that's probably the juiciest one I've seen. Now, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw something like that in the playoffs, though, when these starting pitchers and the, the totals are six or six and a half. Now, I will say, I pulled up your sheet from Saturday and I forgot. We had Aaron Nola versus Jacob DeGrom, and that mm. was minus 190. Wow. And I believe that Nola wound up giving up a run in the first setting. So that has been interesting to take a look at. And just in terms of the trends that we're seeing, what have you been noticing in this market? Because I know that you've done a great job in this sector. I like to stick a little bit more to the full game personally, but I know you've done an amazing job of just putting together the spreadsheet, taking a look at all of these guys, logging whether or not they give up a run in the first setting. What has been some of the things that you've been noticing this season? So the nerfies have hit at a higher rate, but not significantly enough to where you can just blind bet them every night, which I know a lot of people, I think if you asked a lot of the recreational bettors out there, they would prefer to lean on the nerfy side because it makes sense. You know, the handicap is, oh, we only need six outs to win this bet. How many runs actually get scored in the first inning? Well, the major league average this year is about 28%, which is about a percentage point lower than what it's been in prior years, which is right around 29%. So this has been a good nerfy year. And when you're logging and when you're looking at all 2,400 and I think 32 games, you do go through ebbs and flows. Being willing to go against the trend has been the most profitable thing here because right now what I'm seeing, it's about 51% to the nerfy this year. So neither side is really going to be profitable when you're talking about juice bets. I really like the idea of just picking your spots, just like anything else on the board, finding pitchers that are in good spots, finding lineups that maybe you're going through slumps, and just using those probabilities, using those percentages that I spend so much darn time calculating to your advantage. And that's where the sheet certainly comes in handy. But for the most part, I don't like to lay more than 20 or 30 cents on these because there is a randomness factor involved. And based on what I've seen, it's about a 50-50 proposition. So I don't like to skew too far from laying maybe 5, 10, or 15 cents on these bets. Oh, yeah, no doubt. When you wind up getting Jacob DeGrom versus Aronola, it probably should not wind up being minus 110 when you're out there in city field. But at the same time, when you wind up getting up to minus 190, like you mentioned, you just have that bloop and a blast happen at the wrong time. And, well, that winds up being a little bit tough as well. So I think all good points there, as Jared Smith does a great job over there at PicksWise. He is joining me right here on the podcast. And we've got some supremely good pitching matchups here for Tuesday. And then we've got Patrick Corbett, who's going to be on the mound. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. And right now we're finding a total of eight and a half in this Cubs versus Nationals game with Corbin haven't actually skipped his last start. He was supposed to pitch on Friday. Now he's going back to Tuesday. We are both guys that we always say you're not betting teams, you're betting numbers, but mm. just how much in terms of your numbers have you had to wind up quantifying just the suckitude 
for lack of a better term, of Patrick Corbin, because Ugh. I've never had a guy nosedive down my rankings in terms of pitchers as bad as this. And Patrick Corbin was coming off of a rough year last year, but you took a look at the numbers and you thought, all right, at some point he's going to rebound, and that just has not happened. No, and this is a guy that was a big key factor in that championship run for the Nets. I mean, he was a guy that was a big member of that rotation along with Strasburg. And they had some really, really solid pieces that he was a part of. Now I'm looking at his ERA in the last week. It's like over 80. That was obviously just the one start, but it just, it, it looks, you know, that was the two thirds against the Phillies where he gave up six runs. He's actually had two starts in his last three, it's which he's went two thirds of an end and giving up six awful. runs. That's really hard to do. But he, I mean, and here's the part of it though that scares me. The Cubs are 50 cent favorites in this game. And I'm looking at the Cubs numbers right now. I just pulled them up. The Cubs as a favorite this year has been a dreadful, dreadful trend. I'm seeing 14 and 20 on the money line down over 10 units and they're 10 and 24 on the run line down 15 units. So the Cubs as a favorite doesn't exactly ring my bell. And then obviously you can't really bet on Patrick Corbin at this point, but it does appear as though, as crazy as it sounds, the value is on the Nats as a home dog just because of the Corbin suck, you know, suck effect that you mentioned that is just taking all of the equity in this game and it's pushing it toward Chicago. But it's really tough to bet on either side, frankly, Greg. Yeah, it's one of these cases in which I cannot advocate for a bet on Patrick Corbin. I mean, especially when you just factor in the fact that the bullpen has been rather rough for really both of these teams ever since the trade deadline. The Cubs, they wanted selling off a lot of pieces as well. I'm personally going to be taking a look at it under myself in this case. And if Patrick Corbin lends a great start, well, credit to him because he has not been able to lend too many, and he's in danger of becoming the second pitcher since 1980 to lose 20 games. Wow. Insert sad face here. Mike Baroth wow. is the only other guy, 2003, with the Detroit Tigers. Oh, he's, yeah, that was a great Tigers team, too. That's oh, <laughs> oh that was, I remember being a Brewers fan at the time, and the only thing that kept me oh, going yeah. in 2003 as a Brewers fan was like, well, at least we're not the Detroit Tigers. So no, no, yeah, he's that, in good was... Shape. that was when you guys were in the AL Central when the Brewers still were in the American League, right? Brewers were in the National League. They were in the National League. Brewers Who was in the American? Were... I think the, the the Astros were the the Astros that were in the other league. That the, the Astros were still then? in the National League. Yeah, they were still in the National League. That's right. A lot's changed in the baseball world since then. <laughs> there certainly has been a lot changing in the baseball world, including the fact that this is a Cy Young matchup. It's joining me. We do have Jared Smith does a great job over there at Pickwise. In my opinion, these are the two front runners for the Cy Young, Justin Verlander, Dylan Cease. They're going to be doing battle. Astros, right around a minus 120 favorite as we do this right now in a total of seven. I typically don't like to take six halves and seven halves. I typically don't like to take six half and seven unders. I did it yesterday with Sandy Alcantara going for the Miami Marlins. That wound up hitting. I'm seeing a seven-year Cease and Verlander, especially with the Astros, doing all that they've been able to do with regards to their bullpen and I just don't see where the runs are going to be coming from. I get yeah. the Astros the edge because of the bullpen, but I take a look at both of these guys. They are both just absolutely mowing them down right now. I like the recent form. If I get beat taking this under, I get beat, but I'm going to bet on the guys that I feel like have been the two most consistent pitchers out there in the American League this season. Yeah, and this is one, too, that you're going to see one of those six, 60, 70, 80 cent nerfy prices for sure with these two oh, starting yeah. pitchers. Listen, Verlander's been, I've been on him since mid May for the Cy Young at four to one. I think he's the guy based on narrative. If you want to say that maybe McClanahan or Cease maybe have better numbers, sure, that's fine. 
But when you look at the Cy Young ballot and it is voted on by humans, you know, as faulty as they can be sometimes with their votes, I think they'll skew towards the narrative of Verlander. And I think the Astros right now are the better team. I think, frankly, they're the best team in the American League. The White Sox offense has been struggling. The White Sox as a team have not been able to overcome the Twins and the Guardians, who I think right now are one of the bigger surprises in the American League, leading the AL Central with six, seven weeks to go. So I would lean Houston there, and you're getting – I mean, how often do you get Verlander as a 20-cent favorite? You know, usually you're you're paying 50 cents or more for him. Tough to skew away from that. And obviously, if those two guys pitch deep into the game, you would expect it to be low scoring. So I would lean Astros in the under, especially if you can lay less than 20 cents with Verlander on the mound. I agree with you, and a big reason why I did wind up going with the Astros as well, I set them a little bit closer to a minus 130, is because you talk about going deep into a game, and I factor in the walks factor. I know you've been doing a great job of taking a look at walks props as well with Dylan Cease. If he does have one fault, it's that he's been giving up right around three and a half or so walks per nine innings. Meanwhile, Justin Verlander, that's sub two. And as we both know, typically, if you give up walks, that jacks up your pitch count a little bit more. And I think that that is actually very much a big factor. I always take a look at walks when I evaluate some of these starting pitchers to start with. But the way that you handicap games, I do think that sometimes you magnify some sets in certain spots. And this is a spot in which I do take a look at the walks, and I think that it plays a very big factor in determining this money line. Totally agree. Let's be honest. If you're giving me two pitchers that are relatively even, and you're saying handicap the rest of the game, Houston's got a much better team, and they're playing a lot better than the White Sox. I know that the White Sox are at home. Sure, what does that count for? Maybe 10, 20 cents, but it's basically a pick 'em right now. And if you're laying less than 20 cents for Justin Verlander right now, that's a bet unless they're facing the Dodgers, unless they're facing the Yankees. If they're facing a team that clearly the rest of the team outside of maybe this pitching matchup, there's a big check mark next to Houston's name in terms of the edge. It's really hard to go on the other side considering the the reasonable price you're getting on Houston here. And I'm so glad that you bring up the Yankees because I still remember the last time you wound up joining me, you were talking about, you know what? I think there's going to be a little bit of regression with the Yankees. That was back in late June. And it's as if you're a prophet, Jared, because on the <laughs> set side, we have seen the Yankees regress in big time fashion. They wind up losing to the Tampa Bay Rays on Monday. How have you been evaluating the Yankees? Because I take a look at things right now. If you're in the futures market, I have the Astros ahead of the Yankees in terms of my power rankings. We ran through the bullpen of the Astros, currently number one in the big leagues. And I still think that the Yankees, they're certainly probably not going to be losing to a team like the Guardians if they wind up winning the AL Central or anything like that. But if we wind up getting Astros versus Yankees in that championship league series, right now my edge goes to the Astros. Totally agree. And I've been saying that for weeks and I've gotten a lot of heat for that, not only by my fan, my friends who are all, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. I flaunt that flag because I'm proud to be a Yankees fan, but I'm also an unbiased gambler. When I viewed the Yankees as a team top to bottom, I saw the same flaws that I've seen every year that I've watched this team fall flat in the playoffs for the last decade plus. And it's offense that is really easy to neutralize in October because they are all driven by the long ball. Now, the one thing they do better this year that they haven't done in years past that I think can make them a more valuable team in October is they're a really good defensive team. And that is where they can maybe steal a game 
that they couldn't steal in the prior years that they can win 2-1-3-2 because their bullpen, I think their bullpen is probably a step below Houston. I, I know that they've had success with their bullpen this year and the numbers look good. I don't trust Clay Holmes as far as I can throw him and he's the guy right now. And I think when you look at their defense, their defense is better than in years past. And I think that makes them a team that at least you need to take seriously in October. Them and Seattle, I think, are contenders for that second team. But in my eyes, it is clear. Houston is the best team in the American League. And I don't think that, frankly, I don't think there's even any debate about it right now. There was a debate about it in June whenever, when the Yankees were slugging a million home runs. I don't think a reasonable person could look at the landscape today and say that the Yankees are better than the Astros. Again, this is coming from a Yankees fan that's been a, you know, a season ticket holder since basically he was a kid. So I struggle with that argument because a lot of people are really high on the Yankees and the market's been high on them all year. But I, I, now that it's kind of flipped, I think it's priced fairly. I'm seeing Houston about 10, 15 cents shorter than the Yankees in the futures market right now to win the World Series. Fandle's got 390 to 4 to 1 on New York. So I think Houston's the better team. They're priced better. And, and, and I wouldn't be betting the Yankees unless they are significantly behind Houston in the futures market right now. But we're getting close to that, Greg. I think if the Yankees drop to 455 to 1 and Houston's still in that 3, 3 to 1, 350 range, then you can consider a bet on the Yankees because then I think they'd be a little more fairly priced. I agree with you there. I have been very impressed by what I've been seeing out of the Astros. And as we both know, you are betting numbers and not teams in these circumstances as well. But especially with Lance McCullers Jr. coming back for the Astros, that is a big factor for them. And I love how you bring up the fact that you're a Yankees fan because I've been saying the same thing about the Brewers all season long. And now the Brewers, they have been going through a little bit of a tough stretch and the Cardinals wind up overtaking them as well. So I feel a little bit vindicated right now, though I know that these last two games, they are going to be relatively difficult, especially for the Brewers who are going to be taking on the Dodgers on Tuesday. We shall see how that one winds up going. And Jared, just with regards to the rest of the betting board for this Tuesday, is there anything else that you have your eye on, whether it be a bet that you might wind up placing overnight, something that you might be taking a look at in the AM, or just an intriguing spot in general? Well, you mentioned your Brewers. I always look for line flips from the opening numbers. There's a couple of them, and the Dodgers game with Pepeote on the mound for LA, the youngster. I was on a nerfy on him last week with Woodruff on the other side. It looks like the Brewers are getting the early action there. Same thing with the D-backs-Giants game. Uh, that line flip. D-backs were the early favorite with Merrill Kelly, seeing now Jacob Junis getting a lot of the handle there early, and that line's flipped. Now San Francisco a slight favorite. So again, the overnight markets, I think I'm at the point now. I wasn't betting a lot of money lines or sides or even totals, but I'm at the point now where the grind of the season is over and we're now the finishing kick. And so I take the money lines a lot more seriously, especially with the teams with nothing to play for going against teams with everything to play for. I thought Seattle against the Angels, even though Otani was on the mound, was a great example of that. Seattle was a slight underdog, and I thought that was a misprice with how well LA's played. So look at teams with a lot to play for against teams with very little to play for and try to find the pitching matchups that make sense and try to look for those overnight line flips because those tend to be the sharper sides. And you're not going to win every game that you bet on a sharp side. But in baseball, if you you know bet 10 of them, odds are you're going to win five or six. And, and sometimes that's good enough to be profitable in a given week. So I think that's where you look right now at this stage of the season. And also, I mean, the props have been awesome. The nerfies have been awesome. I think the nerfies only get more valuable as we get closer to the end of the year. And those games get a lot more intense in the first inning than they do in June and July. So I'm not going to change anything, though. I'm going to keep trying to find my spots and, and, and hope the line movement agrees with me and hope we're on the right side of some of these lucky breaks because most of these games come down to the wire, as you know, Greg. And sometimes you just don't wind up finding a lot of value on the overnight. And 
Typically, with darn near any game, you're going to see a little bit of line movement, even if it's just like five or so cents. That's something to always take a look at as well, because, I mean, there have been quite a few games in which I wind up having nothing overnight. You wind up seeing a 10 to 15 cent line move instead of getting like a plus 150 or now getting a plus 165 to a plus 170 on that underdog. And all of a sudden, the implied odds, they wind up being in your favor now. And I think that that's always something that is so important to take a look at. So we are in agreement there, always taking a look at the overnight and then how it winds up pricing out in the AM. That is something that's very important. And Jared, you do a great job in just so many different markets. I know you're going to be tearing it up when it comes to football season. You've been doing an amazing job here in baseball. I know that you dive into just so many things over there at PicksWise. You host daily shows over there and do a tremendous job of it. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that's on tap for you. Absolutely. At Jared Lee Smith, all socials, Twitter and Instagram, even TikTok these days, Greg. I don't know if you've been involved in the TikTok game, but I'll probably do some TikTok. Not a ton. It's not my It's not my most preferred market to swim in in the social media world, but we got to stay hip with the time. So at Jared Lee Smith, all three. And then the show, let's bet it, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. Five days a week right now, we're probably going to push to seven once football season starts. We're taking some of the weekend days off now to kind of catch our breath because the grind is about to begin. My co-hosts, Lauren Jabara and Mark Zinn will do a fantastic job as well. We love breaking down most of the board on a daily basis, and then we throw in some fun games and some guests at some point as well. I think we're trying to get you on at some point. I know it's early for you out there, but I talked to my producer today. I was like, hey, listen, I'm going on Greg's podcast tonight. We got to get Hoops Peterson, who's in baseball mode right now to hop on the LBI uh, show at some point. So keep an ear out for that if you're willing to wake up early. But I know you're up early because you're messaging me at like 4 a.m. So <laughs> Typically closer to 5 a.m. But yeah. yep, absolutely. <laughs> and now it is a coast-to-coast show because I know that Lauren and Mark, and Mark does absolutely terrific work Fantastic. whenever he's on v as well. Fantastic. They're out there in the great state of Georgia. So it's a coast-to-coast yeah. show with you guys. And, hey, you're talking about me waking up early. Now you're waking up early too. So those shows pretty much start at 7 a.m. for you. And Jared, one of the hardest workers that you're going to find in the industry, does an amazing job. If you've never checked out his little chart slash graphic on all the nerfy and your fee bets that we've been seeing this season, he does it every day, does an amazing job. At Jared Lee Smith on Twitter is where you will find that. Daily shows, bliss goes on and on and whatever he joins this podcast always delivers and did so once again today so big thanks to jared for joining me right here on the baseball betting show now part of the decent family podcast coming up next it is that time the podcast they give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this mlb tuesday as we touch them all at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Jake Peterson, now part of the Beast Family Podcast. Great to be able to have Jared Smith on the show today. He's doing a great job taking a look at all the nerfy odds that we are seeing and the way that those have been falling this season. He hosts shows every single day over there. I pick wise, it's really impressive what he winds up doing with his show, Let's Bet on It. So it is always a pleasure to get Jared Smith on. And for those that are fans of more than just baseball, he does a great job with things like golf. I'm sure that during the football season, he's going to be doing a supreme job on that front as well. So big thanks to Jared for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUNET underscore 81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas Station or this is where we wind up 
up going with the National League games first, then the American League games. Any interleague games, those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So without further ado, let's dive in. Starting with 951 and 52 on the board, it is the Slam Diego Padres. They throw, they're going to be facing off against the Miami Marlins. Says Edward Cabrera, he is going to be on the bump for the Fish. And you've got Chamonix on the bump for the Padres. The Padres our favorites of anywhere between minus 145 and minus 160. Anywhere between plus 135 and plus 145 is your price on Miami. Total on this game, it is 7. The over is minus 120 and the under is even. I needed at least a plus 135 to be able to take a shot on the Miami Marlins. And that is lining up for us. We are seeing some money coming in on the Miami Marlins, by the way. They open up more around a plus 150 underdog in a lot of spots. But you take a look at Edward Cabrera. He has made two starts since coming off the injured list. A combined 10 and two-thirds innings against the Philadelphia Phillies and the Chicago Cubs, both on the road. No runs allowed. A total of three hits allowed. Now, the walks are a little bit of an issue thus far this season. He's been giving up a little bit over four and a half walks per nine innings, but certainly has been able to do an amazing job for the team. And then you take a look at Sean Manea. He has been all over the place, especially on the road with a 505 road ERA. On the road, he's actually been giving up the deep ball a little bit less than at home, but overall for the season, 19 home runs at 119 innings. That is right around 1.6, 1.7-ish home runs per nine innings and not in good recent form. A 740 ERA over his last five starts, giving up six bombs over the course of 24 and a third innings. Opponents sitting at 333 off of him. His Velocity has just had no consistency. The good news is he's going up against the Miami Marlins team that entering into what we wind up seeing on Monday had scored three runs or fewer in 15 straight games and in home games that had not went to extra innings and scored three runs or fewer in 22 out of their last 23 home games. And that's just absolutely terrible. You did wind up seeing J.J. Blade be able to get a home run for the Miami Marlins yesterday, but he, Jacob Stallings, Luan Diaz, you're able to throw in there something like a Peyton Burdick, all these guys. They're currently hitting a 225 or lower. Joey Wendell's been able to move the line. He and John Birdie in between about a 260 to 270. Gary Cooper has been in and out of the fold recently. And for the Padres, they certainly have the leg up when it comes to the lineup as Juan Soto, along with Randy Drury, Manny Machado, all been able to give you at least 20 home runs as far as the season. And really, you wound up having one guy hitting a below a 235 in the lineup yesterday. And Trent Gershom has been able to pick it up a little bit more. Guys like Austin Nola, Hassam Kim, Jerickson Profar, they're in between about a 245 250. You'd like to see a little bit more out of them, but certainly has not been too bad for the Padres. Bullpen is bolstered a little bit by the fact that you do wind up having Josh Hader wind up coming in there. Debell Christmas has worn down a little bit as the season goes along, but he, Nick Martinez, both of these guys have between 250 and 3 ERAs. Both are able to give you multiple innings, and then when it comes to the Miami Marlins, they did wind up selling off a couple of bullpen pieces at the trade deadline. Anthony Bass no longer out there, but Dylan Floro, Richard Blyer, they've been okay pieces. Steven Okert, he's got a sub-3 ERA as well. Been impressed by what Edward Cabrera has been able to do recently. Not so impressed by Sean Manea. Manea saw his really good stuff, so I do think that he's going to be able to hold down a Miami Marlins team that it's been a struggle for them to be able to just get to and or exceed three runs. So, didn't mind him saying my total. I had a 6.3. I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot. And when it comes to Miami, needed at least a plus 135 to take a shot on them. So, look at Fish and looking at the under. 953, 954 on the betting board. It is the Philadelphia Phillies. Then the road, they're going to be facing off against the Cincinnati 
Rides. We are on to Cincinnati, and they're on to TJ Zoik, who's going to be getting the start for them. And Kyle Gibson is on the bump for the Phils. The Phillies are pretty sizable favorites, anywhere between minus 172 and minus 180. And if you're taking a look at our good friends at Red Legs, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 155 and plus 164. 9.5 is your total over and under. They are both at minus 110. I wound up setting a rare north of 10 total on this one because... TJ Zoik had north of a 6 ERA at the minor league level. He winds up getting promoted to the big leagues. First start against the New York Mets. His nickname was Hickory because he wound up getting smoked. He winds up giving up 6 runs over the course of 4 innings. Was not a good start at all. And now they're just going to be trotting him back out there. Has never been a guy that necessarily has had too much swing and miss stuff. Doesn't have great command. Gives up the deep ball. I am looking for nice things to say about TJ Zoik. And they are not coming to me. And he's backed up by the worst bullpen in the big leagues with north of a 5 ERA other than Alexis Diaz. All these guys for the Reds have just been not able to go out there and lend good innings whatsoever as pretty much everyone from Honor Strickland to Luis Sessa, Ian Gabo, you're able to go down the line. All these guys have north of a 475 ERA. And for Kyle Gibson, it's not like he's been the sharpest tool in the shed thus far this season. 403 home ERA, 473 ERA on the road. But on the road, he's given up a little bit less than home run per nine innings. But it's overall, they're hitting in the neighborhood about a 240 off of them. It's been nothing great. It's been nothing terrible. He's been giving up right around 2.7, 2.8 walks per nine innings. And you do take a look at this Philadelphia Phillies team. And they've been dealing with a few ailments of their own. It certainly hurts that they do not wind up having Kyle Schwarber in the fold. And not been able to do a great job in terms of the average. But north of 30 home runs for him. But you do have Reese Hoskins who's been able to do a solid job. He's hitting at 250. He's been able to go deep north of 20 times thus far this season. And Nick Cassianos seems to be picking it up as well. Just 10 homers from this season. That is way down from, but over the last three days, right around a 295 batting average, so that is something encouraging for the team. JT Reed Muto sitting right around a 260 on the fold with guys like Brandon Marsh, Matt Vierling, Armando Sosa. They have been a little bit rough for the Cincinnati Reds. They did have quite a bit going when they had Brandon Jury and company out there in the fold. That is not the case. Jonathan India is currently dealing with a little bit of nailment as well, so you got guys like Aristides Aquino, Jose Barrero, and company that are getting at bats. He just don't belong out there. Joey Vato, since coming off the injured list, has been a little bit better. And Donovan Solano hitting above a 300, but you don't necessarily have a lot of power when it comes to this Reds team as well. So I do think that Zoik, he is going to get lit up in a spectacular fashion. And I mean, with TJ Zoik, at this point, he is one of my lowest rated pitchers. He's right there in the Spencer Howard and a man that we're going to be talking about in a second with the Washington Nationals sort of category. I set the Phillies minus 250 in this spot. There is no trusting in TJ Zoik. I think he gets lit up. I think this bullpen gets lit up. I was willing to lay minus 162 on the run line with the Philadelphia Phillies. Right now, you're finding that at a minus 115. I'm going to lay the run line. You've also got Kyle Gibson backed up by one of the better bullpens out there in the big leagues ever since. The firing of Joe Girardi is Brad Hanser, Anthony Dominguez. They've been able to do a nice job of being able to lock it down. They bring in David Robertson. Not too much to not like about the Philadelphia Phillies in this spot. I was willing to lay a hefty number on the run line with Mr. Zoik just not having any redeeming qualities whatsoever and being backed up by the worst bullpen in terms of ERA in the big leagues. So my total at 10.2 looking over and looking at the Phillies on the run line. 955, 956 on the betting board. It is Turkey Day as the Turkey Tosser himself, Patrick Corbin, goes for the homestanding Washington Nationals against Justin Steele and the road Chicago Cubs. The Cubs are in between minus 150 and minus 160 favorites. But between plus 135 and plus 150, your price on Washington. Eight and a half is your total. The under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. Patrick Corbin, unfortunately, did wind up having his last start skipped. 
I just think that Patrick Corbin has fallen and cannot get back up in this spot. I take a look at Patrick Corbin and I think the turkey tosser himself, because he gets carved up just like a Thanksgiving turkey, is going to be giving it up in a big time fashion. I want to say my total at a 9.7 and as a matter of fact, this is going to be the DK Nation pick. The over in this spot because with the Washington Nationals, you still have guys that they're able to move the line. They're able to do an okay job of being able to get on base. They do wind up losing Juan Soto. They lose Josh Bell, their main two mashers. But you take a look at what you've been able to get out of Joey Manessis. He was someone that was at the minor league level, a career minor leaguer, and he's been able to get the team five home runs over 11 games. He's been hitting well above a 300. Yadier Hernandez is hitting at 265. Luis Garcia has been a little bit banged up, but when he's been out there, he's been solid. Got a bunch of guys like Nelson Cruz, Kibeto Weez, along with Eliermo Vargas, north of a 300 on base out of these guys. So, got a little bit of something there. And then with the Chicago Cubs, you do have a pair of guys that are able to go deep for you, and Wilson Contreras throwing their Patrick Wisdom as well. Both of these guys have been able to provide a combined 37 home runs thus far this season. Contreras right around a 365 on base. Nico Horner is hitting a 300. You've been able to have Christopher Morel do a relatively solid job as well. You do need a little bit more out of guys like Zach McKinstry and company, but it's a solid lineup and they're going up against a guy in Patrick Corbin who in his last three starts, he's had two in which he failed to get out of the first inning, giving up six runs in both of them. For Patrick Corbin, he has given up at least four runs in every single one of his starts in his last six it has been absolutely terrible. The Washington Nationals have not been able to cover the run line in any of his starts. The Washington Nationals are 4-19 and in his 23 starts, losing out of those 19 games, 17 of them by multiple runs. This guy is terrible. He's given up 1.8 home runs per 9 innings. He actually does wind up getting a little bit over 8 strikeouts per 9 innings, but opponents are currently hitting a 331 off of him. He's giving up over 3.5 walks per 9 innings, and he's backed up by a bullpen that over the last 50 days has been about league average. It hasn't necessarily been too bad, but a lot of these guys are long in the tooth. Got guys like Steve Ciszek, Kyle Finnegan, Carl Edwards Jr. posting up sub four ERAs, but they're north of about a 3-3-ish. Jake McGee is someone that they had. He's got north of a 6 ERA this season, and for the Cubs, they did wind up selling off a lot of bullpen pieces at the trade deadline. No longer do you have guys like Michael Givens, David Robertson, and company and said, you've got Brandon Hughes, Kervin Castro, E. Rich Yulman. Rowan Wick has actually been relatively solid recently, but you do take a look at Justin Seal as well, and he's had his struggles on the road. Home ERA at 303-471 on the road. He's been able to do a good job will be able to keep the ball in the yard overall. He's given up right around 0.6 home runs per nine innings, but walks are a little bit of an issue for him as he's been giving up right around 3.9 to 4 walks per nine innings. He has been able to get a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings, and recent form has been tremendous for him. In his last four starts, he's posting up a buck 40 ERA, so credit where credit is due there, but Justin Seal does have his struggles a little bit on the road, and Patrick Corbin is just flat out terrible. I need it at least plus $2 to even consider the Nationals on the money line in this spot. We certainly have not been able to get there. I was willing to lay up to a minus 135 on this Cubs run line, and as we are seeing it right now, you're not having to lay quite that much, which that means that we are going to be taking a look at the over, and that is going to be the DK Nation pick because I did wind up saying my total at a 9.7 along with getting right around even money at a plus 105 on the Cubs. Going to be taking a look at that as well, and once again, DK Nation pick over in this spot, fading Patrick Corbin. 957, 958 on the banking board. The New York Mets hit the the facing off against the Atlanta Braves as Charlie Morton is going to be going for the Bravos and Taiwan Walker is going to be on the bump 
for the Mets. 8.5 is your total. Over and under are both at minus 110. With the Atlanta Braves, you're finding them anywhere between minus 135 and minus 145. Anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125. Seeing a straight plus 130 out there. That is your price on the Mets. And with the Mets, I did need at least a plus 135 to be able to take a nibble here. But we are seeing this line going up and up and up. They open up right around a plus 115. We're seeing as high as a plus 130. So it's all said and done. This might wind up turning into a little bit of a play on the New York Mets. And I was willing to lay up to a minus 153 on their run line. Getting a run and a half right now. We're seeing that in most spots right around a minus 155. So when it's all said and done, I do anticipate this being a play on the Mets. Just whether or not it's going to be on the money line or the run line is the question because the money, it is currently coming in on the Atlanta Braves. And for Charlie Morton, he's been able to do a relatively solid job. Recently, he wound up having a rough start to the season that included a stretch in which he wound up giving up three plus runs in eight out of 11 starts and then he turned things around giving up two runs or fewer in five out of his next seven but things have started to iron out a little bit more for him he's got overall 426 ERA and I do think what is big for Charlie Morton cutting down on the walks he's been giving up a little bit over 3.2 walks per nine innings has been much better at home rather than on the road 341 home ERA compared to a 508 ERA on the road and the big thing for Bourne is that he has been giving up the deep ball he has given up nine home runs in 60 and two-thirds innings at home. Nine bombs in 62 innings on the road. So he has been having that issue. Now for Charlie Morton, he has been able to get a little bit over 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings as well. And for Tywell Walker, last time he faced off against the Atlanta Braves, it did not go well. He gave up eight runs in an inning. I certainly think that we're going to be able to expect a little bit of a better effort here from our good friend, Mr. Tywell Walker. As take a look what he's been able to do over his last 10 starts. He has given up three runs or fewer in eight of them. Was able to get up off the mat. Six strong innings against the Cincinnati Reds to be able to shake off while wound up happening against Atlanta the last time, but we do know that this is an Atlanta Braves team that they do have a whole bunch of power in their lineup. You've got Austin Riley who's been able to about at 295. It's cooled down a little bit recently, but still has been able to supply 30-plus home runs for this bunch. William Contreras is very underrated, in my opinion. He goes deep for a 16th home run of the season yesterday. He's hitting a 260. Ronald Acuna Jr., 365 on base. He's been solid at being able to move the line. Matt Olson over the last 30 days. He has really been able to pick it up in terms of the deep ball. Eight home runs over the course of his last 95 at bat. Stans v. Swanson. He's been able to give you 15-plus home runs. He's hitting a 290 along with Michael Harris, the second. And then for the Mets, this has been an equally impressive lineup as well. Pete Alonso led the big leagues in terms of home runs on the road last season. He has been having an amazing year this year, hitting a 280, 29 bombs, 97 RBI. That's towards the top of the National League. Starling Marte to be able to move the line, hitting a 290. Brandon Nearmore, Francisco Lindor, Marcana, only between about a 264 to a 270. Jeff McNeil sitting above a 300. And for the Mets, this has been a top eight bullpen in terms of ERA over the last 45 or so days. They've been able to really piece it together. Michael Gibbons has not been what they expected when they acquired him at the trade deadline, but Adam Adovino, sub 25 ERA. Adonis Medina is someone they like as a long guy. Seth Lugo has has been much better in that sort of bridge role to Edwin Diaz, who has been the best closer in the big leagues this season for Lugo. Sub-2 ERA over the last 40 days. And for the Atlanta Braves, A.J. Minter has been rock solid all season long and seen a couple of falters recently, but still posting up right around 250 ERA. Kenley Jansen has been a little bit more stable since coming off the injured list as well, though high leverage situations have never been his friend. Dylan Lee has been able to do a solid job as well. So I do think that both of these bullpens are going to be able to do a relatively solid job, but you're dealing with a pair of very, very good lineups and both of these pitchers have had issues against the other as well. So when it's all said and done, I do think that Walker going to be able to get up off the mat. And heck, if we do wind up seeing the Braves get down to more like a minus 130 to a minus 134-ish, because I did wind up saying the minus 134, I would be willing to take a look 
look at the Bravos as well. So we're basing this a little bit more on late night line movement. I do think when it's all said and done, I'll be on the Mets, but certainly keeping an open mind on that. And I do wind up saying my total at an 8.8. So here at the 8.5, taking a look at the over as well. 9.59 and 60 on the bank board. The St. Louis Cardinals, they play us to the Colorado Rockies. As Kyle Freeland is going to be going for the Rockies and Jose Quintana is on the bump for St. Louis. St. Louis is a big favorite. Anywhere team minus 210 and minus 225. Meanwhile, anywhere team plus 185 and plus 190 is your price on Colorado. 7.5 is the total. The over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. And when it comes to Mr. Quintana, I want to making him a minus 212 favorite, which means I do not have enough juice to be able to take the run line here on the Colorado Rockies. And you're getting the run line of the St. Louis Cardinals at even money. I was willing to lay more like a minus 115. When it comes to Kyle Freeland, he's actually been able to do his best work on the road thus far this season as he's been posting up an ERA that has been hovering in the neighborhood of about a 5-5 when he has been at home thus far this season. That actually has ballooned up to a 6. Meanwhile, a 3.53 on the road. And the big reason why, four home runs in 58 and two-thirds innings given up on the road. Nine bombs in 66 innings given up when he's been at home. And opponents are hanging about 70 points lower off of him when he's on the road rather than when he's at home. Meanwhile, Jose Quintana, I think, is really built for this ballpark out there in St. Louis. It's a little bit more forgiving to guys that wind up giving up a few more fly balls than for Jose Quintana. When he was in Pittsburgh this season, he was posting up a sub-2-5 ERA compared to more around a 5-ish ERA when he's been away from Pittsburgh as he was acquired at the trade deadline. Overall, he's been able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up 8 bombs and 115 innings thus far this season. Swinging himself is solid. He gets right around 8 strikeouts per 9 innings, giving up right around 2.8 walks per 9. Not a guy that's going to blow you away, but certainly someone that is able to be steady Eddie and is able to give relatively solid starts. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, you've still got your big two out there in Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. It combined 53 home runs. Paul Goldschmidt continues to be the odds-on favorite to win MVP as he's hitting a 330 with a 415 on base. Nolan Arenado has been able to hit right around about a 300 as well, but take a look at the guys towards the bottom of the fold. You've now got Brandon Donovan back in the fold. He's hitting a 280. The injury to Juan Yepes has hurt them, but all of a sudden, Albert Pools is hitting a 250 with 10 homers thus far this season. You take a look at what he's been able to do. Post all-star break in. He's got four bombs and 40 at-bats, hitting a 375. That is very, very good for this team. You've got someone like Dylan Carlson who's been able to move the line in. Lars Newtbar sounds very delicious. And what is delicious is the fact that he's been able to provide a 390 on base ever since the All-Star break as well. And then you take a look at Colorado, a team in which they average right around .65 home runs per game when they are on the road rather than about 1.2 when they're at home. CJ Crom, for instance, 23 home runs thus far this season. 17 have come at home. Brendan Rodgers, 11 bombs. Dan Havana coming at home. It has been very, very sad for the Colorado Rockies team when they've been away from home. As per usual, they wind up having the biggest splits in the league with that regard. Jose Iglesias has been able to on the road. He's been able to about a 358, but everyone else has had their struggles when they've been away from Coors. And even the pitching winds up struggling when they're away from Coors as well when it comes to a lot of these bullpen pieces. you got someone like an Austin Gombers now coming out of the bullpen. He's got another 5 ERA on the road. Justin Lawrence has a 675 ERA on the road. Robert Stevenson. You're able to throw in there Lucas Gilbreth, a pair of guys with north of a 5 ERA on the road as well. And for St. Louis, you've been able to have Ryan Elsley post up a sub-1 ERA. Genesis Cabrera has been very solid. He, Giovanni Gallegos, sub-3-4 ERAs. Packy Daunton is able to give you multiple innings as well. So I do think that the Cardinals should be a relatively sizable favorite. I think that Freeland is going to be able to go out there, give a relatively solid serve, but I don't think that there's going to be a lot of runs apart from, but I do think that we went a little bit too low with this total because Kitana, not a guy that's going to blow you away. And on top of that, this Rockies bullpen, not good to say, he set my toilet at 8.1, looking over and looking at the Cardinals on the run line. 961, 962 on the bang board. The LA Dodgers, they throw it to face off against the Milwaukee Brewers. 
Brandon Woodruff is going to be going for the crew. And Ryan Pipoy is going to be on the bump for LA. Los Angeles is finding themselves slight underdogs. You don't see that very often. A working minus 105 and plus 108. Between minus 115 and minus 120 is your price on the Milwaukee Brewers. Eight is your total over and under are both at minus 110. And we're getting to the price at which I'm willing to take the Dodgers. I was willing to take a plus 106 or greater. We're seeing a couple plus 108s. I'm seeing a plus 110 surface right now as well. I'm going to be willing to take Pipoy and company with Ryan Papoy. Certainly not a guy that is going to go out there and just completely wipe you out. The big thing with him has been the walks as he has made five starts thus far this season. He's given up at least three walks and four of them, but you know who has his back? The National League's best bullpen in terms of ERAs. All these guys have been able to do a solid job other than Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell, he's not been good thus far this season, but you've been able to have Caleb Ferguson not give up a single run since coming off the injured list. Evan Phillips has a sub-2 ERA. Alex Vesia has a sub-3 ERA. David Price is starting to give you some good innings as well. This bullpen has been absolutely incredible for the Dodgers. And then with Brandon Woodruff, to his credit, three runs are fear surrendered in every one of his starts since he did wind up coming off of the injured list, but... He's also done it against, shall we say, less than stellar competition. A lot of his starts have come against the Pittsburgh Pirates as he's had a pair of those. He winds up facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays twice as well, and the Rays' offense is just way, way down as far this season as well. He gets Boston at the absolute right time as well, so I do have a little bit of question mark there. Now, with Brandon Woodruff, he's been able to do a very amazing job at home. 238 home ERA. He has 5-0 in his seven starts at home. I haven't given up five home runs in 41 and two-thirds innings at home, but opponents are buck seventy one off of him. But the LA Dodgers, they've got a very big advantage when it comes to this lineup as a whole. As you've got Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, both hitting above a three-hitter. Both of these guys have been able to supply 15-plus home runs. Will Smith, he is getting very, very jiggy with it right now. He has got around 275 average, 365 on base, but more impressive than that. Over the last 30 days, he has been able to provide right around 350 on base last 15 days. North of a 400 on base. Gavin Lux at the bottom of the fold. He's hitting a 300 now. You still have guys like Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy and company that they do need to pick it up. But when you've got Mookie Betts doing all that he's doing, 26 home runs at the leadoff spot, that is huge. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, the only guy that really has a batting average above a 255 is Mark Brasso. And Brasso seen right around 100 bats as far this season now. Do have quite a few guys in between, I would say, about a 245 to a 255. Hunter Renfro, Christian Yelich, Andrew McCutcheon, and you do have a pair of guys in Rowdy Tellez, Alonth William Thomas, with north of 22 home runs. That's far for the Brewers. No longer do they have Josh Hader. Now, Devin Williams, in his last 34 appearances, he's allowed an earned run and just one. There have been a couple unearned runs, but certainly has been solid. Brad Boxberger, Hobie Milner, these guys have been solid out there in the bullpen, but then since the Milwaukee Brewers wanted up picking up Matt Bush, hasn't necessarily been going too great for him. You've been having your issues with Brent Suter all season long as well. I do think that the back half for the Dodgers, along with the lineup, big elixir in this spot. It's a Dodgers team that they entered into Monday 79 and 34 with 71 wins by multiple runs. Pipoy is someone that has some upside. He's able to give you some good swing and miss stuff, and I do think that he's going to do enough to hold down the fort, and then from there, the Dodgers are going to be able to take hold. Anything north of a plus one to six, want to take a shot on the Dodgers. Did wind up saying Matola at 8.3. I do think that Pipoy winds up giving up a few runs, but I do think that the Dodgers get to Woodruff as well, so going to be taking a look at the over with that. 963-964 on the betting board. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks on the road facing off against the San Francisco Giants. 
Jacob Junis is going to be going for the Giants. Merrill Kelly is on the bump for Arizona. Eight is your total. The under and the over. Anywhere between minus 105, minus 115 with San Francisco. It's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Anywhere between even money and minus 105 is going to be your price on Arizona. And for the Diamondbacks, needed at least a plus 130 to be able to take a shot on them. This is one of these cases in which if you're taking a look at the run line, you're going to be able to get a very, very, very big plus price with regards to the San Francisco Giants, something like plus 180, but I would rather just have the money line in this spot. With Jacob Junis, he hasn't been too bad. Now, he has gotten lit up a little bit in his last few starts, but by and large, has been able to provide right around a 375 ERA. He's given up one home run per nine innings, a little bit over two walks per nine. You take a look at what he's done in San Francisco, 393 home ERA compared to a 358 ERA on the road, but opponents overall hitting a 245 off of him. He's been a little bit unlucky on balls in play. Meanwhile, for Merrill Kelly, throughout his career, he's got an ERA that's right around a point higher when he's on the road rather than at home, but he's been able to reverse those splits this season. As a matter of fact, 7-1 in decisions on the road. He has made just 10 starts on the road. 279 road ERA, 306 home ERA, giving up three home runs in 58 innings thus far this season. Has really been in good form. Buck 64 ERA in his last five starts, having given up six runs over the course of 33 innings. And when he has faced off against San Francisco, he has been at his best. In three starts, he has given up just four runs. But I do think that the Giants are going to be able to get to him a little bit more in this spot. You do have a San Francisco Giants lineup that still ranks in the top 10 in terms of runs per game. They do a very good job of platooning, even though they don't necessarily have supreme bats out there as Wilmer Flores, Jack Peterson. Both of these guys have been able to provide between 16 and 17 home run speeds. Both of these guys in between about a 250 to a 260, but you do have good balance up and down the lineup. J.D. Davis, who they wound up picking up at the deadline. He, Evan Longoria, both of these guys able to provide right around 245. Luis Garcia, Austin Slater, Thario Estrada, in between about a 262-270, so they've done a good job of making sure they don't have too many, and I air quotes here, dead bats out there, and Joey Bart, who wound up starting out the year not so great. He has really been able to pick it up since the All-Star break. He's been able to hit it right around at 285 for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They do rank in the bottom five in terms of batting average. What I will say about the Arizona Diamondbacks is that they average a little bit less than home run per game at home. Meanwhile, more like 1.3 home runs per game when they are on the road with Christian Walker being able to be the headliner for this. He has been able to provide 27 home runs as far as the season, but he, Seth Beer, Carson Kelly... Sergio Alcantara, you're able to go down the line. Jordan Luplo of guys in a 226 or lower for this team. You do have Emmanuel Rivera, who has been really, really good. Ever since the years of Diamondbacks wound up picking him up, in eight games going into yesterday, he wound up having four bombs and was hitting at 357. So that has been nice. You've got Jake McCarthy, who's been able to right around 260, but Keitel Marte of the Marte Parte suffered a hamstring injury in the team series against the Colorado Rockies. So that's a little bit of an issue there as well. And neither of these bullpens are too good for the San Francisco Giants. You still have John Brebbia, Jarlon Garcia, Camilo Duvall giving you a sub 3-3 ERA. But when you get into Tyler Rogers company, not so great. And for the years and the Diamondbacks, the injury to Kyle Nelson has wound up hurting them quite a bit as really other than Joe Mantiply and Ian Kennedy, you don't have anyone that you're able to trust in. Mark Melanson, Noe Ramirez, they've been posting up north of four ERA. Chris Davinsky has come back. He has not looked so good either. So I'd rather be on the side of the San Francisco Giants as a result. Set them as a minus 129 favorite. Do you want to make my total 7.7? Very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in San Francisco. I think that Merrill Kelly is going to be able to deliver a good start. And I do think that the ball's in play. Going to be going the way of our good friend Junis a little bit more so. Looking at the under to go along with the Giants. 965-966 on the main board. The Tampa Bay Rays at the road faceoff against the New York Yankees. Nestor Cortez is going to be going for the Yankees, and Jeffrey Springs is on the bump for Tampa Bay. 
Tampa Bay is an underdog of anywhere between plus 143 and plus 150. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the Yankees, it is anywhere between minus 160 and minus 170. 7.5 is your total. The over and the under are both at minus 110. Did I send back total at an 8.4? So I'm going to be taking a look there. I need at least a plus 168 to take a shot on the Tampa Bay Rays. We could see a little bit of line movement, but I did think that we would need to see a relatively hefty line move for me to be on that side. And with the Yankees right now with their run line, you're finding that between plus 120 and plus 125 needed at least a plus 118. So I am going to be taking a look at a Yankees run line with the Yankees. They did wind up getting held a little bit silent in their series against the Boston Red Sox, but I certainly do think that they're going to be able to bounce back. You've got Mr. North of 100 RBI himself in Aaron Judge still on the fold. He, Anthony Rizzo, have been able to make a very, very powerful duo thus far this season with Rizzo entering into Monday with 27 home runs. We all know what Aaron Judge is doing now. Tampa Bay Rays are a team that over the last few years, they have had the number of the Yankees a little bit, but I do like Nestor Cortez going in this spot because he has just been so much better when he has been at home rather than on the road, and he's gone up against the Tampa Bay Rays team in which their top home run hitter is currently Randy Rosarena with 15. You've got Isaac Paredes with 14, but really past that, you have not been able to get anything going whatsoever for Nestor Cortez. He has been able to get right around nine and a half strikeouts for nine innings. We've seen a little bit of regression from since the just absolute amazing beginning of this season, but two six home area with three home runs given up in 52 and a third innings that is certainly going to fly and Jeffrey Springs has been terrific for this Rays team as well. He's been able to post up right around a 255 ERA. He's given up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate that overs in the neighborhood of two and he's got a 277 road ERA compared to a 227 ERA at home. So been able to do a nice job on that front as well. Over the last three days in his last four starts, he's been posting up right around 266 ERA, but I do think that the Yankees could be able to bust out against a Braves bullpen that still is very good. Jason Adam, sub two ERA. P. Fairbanks has been solid. Called Pooch along with Brooks Raley. Both of these guys have been able to give you some good innings, but I do think that with the Yankees having a lot of guys that just do a solid job will be able to move the line. DJ turned it up LeMayu north of a 375 on base. Andrew Benatendi is able to hit right around a 300. Jose Trevino, he's hitting in the neighborhood of 270 along with Isaiah Canerfalefa. I think that that is going to hurt. I do think that the Tampa Bay Rays can get to Cortez, who has been bringing down a little bit more as well. David Peralta, he's hitting right around at 250 along with G-Man Choi. You've been able to have the ADDS be a good table setter for this team. So I do think that the Rays going to be able to put up a couple runs on Cortez, but I do think that the Yankees will also get some relatively solid bullpen pitching. Now, Clay Holmes has seen a little bit of regression as he has a north of 5 ERA over the last 30 days, but Wani Peralta, Lucas Lutke, both of these guys have been consistent all season long with sub-3 ERAs. You've been able to really get some good innings out of Albert Abreu as well. He's posting up a sub-3 ERA. I have no idea why Jonathan Weisga has not been DFA'd at this point, but I do think that the Yankees get their offense going in New York, set my total at 8.4, looking over and I'm willing to take the Yankees at a plus price on the run line. 967, 968 on the betting board. It is the Baltimore Orioles on the road facing off against the Toronto Blue Jays. Alec Manoa is going to be going for the Jays, and Dean Kramer is on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore is an underdog of anywhere between plus 185 and plus $2, and between minus 205 and minus 225 is your price on Toronto, and total on this game is 8. The over is minus 120, and the under is even. With Baltimore, I did need at least a plus 198 to be able to take a shot. We have gotten to $2. I'm willing to take my good friends, the Baltimore Orioles, who have been really the most profitable team out there in the big leagues this season, and with Alec Manoa, he's been able to do a great job with the Toronto Blue Jays, and under the radar for the Blue Jays, 
Bullpen has been a little bit better, but they are currently missing Tim Meza from that bullpen. Adam Simber, Yimmy Garcia, they both have been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. And I will say Jordan Romano has been relatively solid as well. You do take a look at what Alec Manoa has done against the Baltimore Orioles, and he's had his struggles. Last start against the Orioles, gave up three runs over the course of five innings. For that matter, he's given up three-plus runs, and now two out of his last three starts. And another game in which he wanted giving up three-plus, wanted coming against the Detroit Tigers. So that is a little bit of a worry spot as well. And you got a Baltimore Orioles lineup that all of a sudden they've been able to ignite. Anthony Santander has been hitting well above a 300 over the last 40 days. He has given the team 20-plus home runs. That has been massive for an Orioles team that they really needed someone to step up. Ryan Moncastle has been able to pound out 16 home runs as he, you're able to throw in their Santander, Ryan McKenna, Austin, the Sayes kid, all these guys hitting between about a 255 to 267, throwing their Cedric Mullins, who wound up missing the game yesterday as well, Orde Mateo, hitting well above a 300 over the last 45 days. He leads the American League in terms of stolen bases. You've really been able to get a nice boost from Adley Rushman, providing a 355 on base. Now, Toronto, they still have a little bit more firepower in the lineup, no question about it. Alejandro Kirk, Lourdes Gurriel, both hitting above a 300. Flagger Jr. It's actually been a little bit down in terms of the power. He's been able to still supply 23 home runs at 355 on base, and good news for the Blue Jays yesterday is that they did wind up getting George Springer back in the fold. He had been missing the last three or so weeks for this bunch, but I do have a lot of faith in this Baltimore Orioles bullpen as well. It's seen a little bit of regression since they did wind up trading away Ode Lopez at the trade deadline, but still have a lot of guys that are posting up a sub-3 ERA like Keegan Aiken, Dylan Tate, CNL Perez, Felix Batista, all these guys have been able to do their part. Joey Kreeble has been a little bit of an under-the-radar guy as well. And I do think that Kramer is going to be able to go out there and have a nice start as well. I still remember the Orioles went 3-15 and in his first 18 career starts. Ever since then, they went 7-4 and in his last 11. Now, he's coming off of a couple of rough starts. Four plus runs have given up in three out of his last four, but... Been able to do a nice job in terms of command, giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings, a little bit less than a homer per nine innings as well. So he's been able to keep the games in control, has been able to do an okay job on the road with a 398 road ERA compared to a 341 ERA at home, not giving up the deep ball too much. Three home runs in 31 and two-thirds innings, both at home and on the road as well. I think the Kramer going to do enough to keep the team in it, and I do think that the bullpen going to give Baltimore a chance to win, willing to take $2 with them. So I am going to be taking a look at Baltimore. I do think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. I think that Kramer going to be able to figure it out against a Blue Jays offense that has been a little bit touch and go recently as well. Semi-total at 7.8, looking under and looking at the Jays. 969-970 on the betting board. It is the Detroit Tigers. They have the road to face off against the Cleveland Guardians. As Zach Plesak is going to be going for the Guardians. And Garrett Hill is on the bump for Detroit. Detroit is a sizable underdog. Anywhere team plus 175 and plus 190. Meanwhile, with Cleveland, it's anywhere team minus 205 and minus 210. Seeing as low as minus 202. 8.5. 2-8 is your total on the 8.5. Unders minus 120. The over is even on the 8. The over is minus 120. And the under is even. I did wind up making my total a 7.8. So whether you got an 8 or an 8.5, I do like this total under. And I was willing to take the Tigers as long as I was getting at least a plus 177. And we have certainly gotten there. Garrett Hill has not been by any means a guy that's gone out there and just lit the world on fire. But he's been competent. He only winds up getting right around 4.5 strikeouts per 9 innings. He has been having a little bit of an issue with the walks. But... But he's been able to do a good job of 
is improved with every one of his starts, giving up three runs of fear, and now four out of his last five. Now, he has given up at least one home run and four out of his last five starts as well, but he's now given up two walks of fear and three out of his last five, so he's been able to do a relatively solid job there now. Big thing with Garrett Hill is that all of his struggles have wound up coming on the road. 249 home ERA compared to a 70 ERA on the road, but in his first start against the Cleveland Guardians was relatively solid, and really both of his starts against the Guardians, they have not been too bad. He's given up four runs, two of which were earned over the course of 11 innings, so he's got a little bit of familiarity with the team and has been able to do a solid job, and for the Cleveland Guardians, they are currently dead last in the big leagues in terms of home runs per game at home, as they're getting right around .6-ish home runs per game at home. Now, they do a very good job of being able to move the line and have a lot of guys that they hit for average. They've got the fewest strikeouts on a per-game basis of any team out there in baseball. It's Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez, Oscar Gonzalez, Jose Ramirez, Amit Rosario, Stephen Kwan. They're all hitting at least a 274 for this bunch, but really, other than Jose Ramirez, along Josh Naylor. Naylor has 15 home runs. Jose Ramirez, he's got 22. You don't necessarily have a lot of pop in this lineup. Both of these bullpens, they do rank in the top 10 in terms of ERA for the Detroit Tigers. They wanted giving away Michael Fulmer at the trade deadline, but Joey Menez, Jose Cicerno, Andrew Chafin, you're able to go down the line of guys with a sub-3-2 ERA. Andrew Lang has been relatively solid in them for the Guardians. Emmanuel Classe, a top three closer in the big leagues. I think that that isn't even up for debate at this point. He's been that good. You've also got good setup men as well. Nick Samlin, Trevor Steven, these guys have been able to post up a sub-3 ERA. Angel de los Santos has been able to do a solid job as well. Both of these teams, they wind up having to dive into their bullpens a little bit in the games yesterday as they did wind up having a double dip. You would have liked to have seen a little bit more length for the Guardians out of Xavier Curry, but still he was able to provide a little bit of something, but you did have to use up guys like Eli Morgan and company and Brian Garcia providing six for the Detroit Tigers in game number two. That's a welcome sight because this is a Detroit Tigers team that they're going to need all the bullpen help that they can get because the offense still stinks. As you've got Tucker Barner, Cody Clements, Akil Badu, Jonathan Scope, Jameer Candelario, Kerry Carpenter, all providing a 220 or lower batting average. Javi Baez right now leads the team with 11 homers. As a matter of fact, the entire Detroit Tigers team, they've got fewer home runs than Anthony Rizzo along with Aaron Judge as a two-man duo over there in New York, but I do think that Zach Flesak is a little bit vulnerable in this spot as well. Very much a pitch-to-contact guy. Overall this season, he's been able to get right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. Walks 2.8-ish per nine innings. He's been able to do a relatively solid job at home. He certainly doesn't deserve the 2-10 and 10 record, but certainly doesn't deserve like a winning record. 4.93 road ERA compared to a 3.49 ERA at home. Giving up right around 1.15 home runs per nine innings when he has been at home, but opponents, they're also hitting at 277 off of him. I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a offensive struggle in this game, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under. Need at least a plus 177 to take a shot on the Tigers. We've gotten there. So look at Tigers and looking at the total under. 971, 972 on the betting board. The Kansas City Royals, they throw to face off against the Minnesota Twins. Sonny Gray is going to be going for the Twins, and Zach Greinke is on the bump for Kansas City. Kansas City finds themselves an underdog. Anywhere team plus 160 and plus 172, and with the Minnesota Twins, it's anywhere between minus 182 and and minus 190, and total on this game, it is 8. Under is any between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is any between even a minus 105. When it comes to the Twins, wound up making them a minus 212 favorite. If you're taking a look at them on the run line, you're going to be able to get a little bit of a plus price, so sign me up there anywhere between about a plus 105 to a plus 110 on that, but with Sonny Gray, he has been a little bit up and down thus far this season, but I do think that going up against Kansas City Royals, going to be able to do a solid job, despite the fact that we have seen the Royals get a little bit hot. Vinny Pasquantino, along with MJ Melendez, have really had a nice stretch last few weeks with 
Pez Quintino hitting above a 300 in that time span. MJ Melendez, four home runs in 14 days, but Sonny Gray is allowed one runner fewer, and now three out of his last four starts with the outlier coming on the road against the LA Dodgers. That is a very difficult team to go up against. Does have a little bit worse of a home ERA rather than a road ERA, 350 home ERA, compared to a 315 ERA when he is on the road, but I do think that he's going to be able to bear down against a Royals team that he's faced once this season, wound up allowing one run over the course of six innings, and for Sonny Gray, he's done a good job keeping the ball in the yard. 0.9 home runs per nine innings, right around three walks per nine. Strikeout numbers are a little bit down, but speaking of down strikeout numbers, we turn to Zach Greinke, who's been giving right around 5.3 strikeouts for nine innings, and it's just really insane to take a look at the home and road splits of Zach Greinke. Buck 98 ERA at home. He's got a 7.16 ERA on the road. He's given up 12 home runs this season. 11 of them have come in his 44 innings when he has been on the road. So that is going to be very, very tough for him to say the least. Now, you do take a look at Zach Granke, and over the last four starts, he's been relatively solid, giving up one home run over the course of 21 innings. But this Kansas City Royals team, and you do have quite a few guys that they're starting to pick it up a little bit more. I was talking about Pasquintino and the fact that he has been able to do a nice job over the last three days. But you do take a look at the rest of the team. Bobby Witt Jr. along Nicky Lopez, both hitting between about a 242-8255. Witt Jr. along Salvador Perez, 15-plus home runs. Perez has not been able to provide a lot in terms of batting average. But under-the-radar guy, Michael Massey, who's been able to hit right around 8-300 for the team. And then for the Minnesota Twins, Luis Arias just continues to get on base for the team, hitting well above a 330 by Aaron Buxton. He has been captain of the yard ball this season. 27 home runs. Does need to up his batting average just a little bit. He's hitting right in the neighborhood about a 225. But you take a look at the rest of the Minnesota Twins, and you've got good balance with these guys being able to find a way on. Gilberto Cicino, Carlos Correa, Jose Miranda, Nick Gordon, Gio Rochelle, all in between about a 262 to 275. Not necessarily a ton of power outside of what you've been able to get out of Buxton. You do have Ode Palanco who's been able to give you 15 home runs. He's got a solid on base. And for the Minnesota Twins, they've been dealing with a couple of injuries out there in the bullpen. Giovanni Morin has been very solid for the team. Jarrell Khan having his ups and downs as well. Both of these guys unavailable, but Yohan Duran, he leads the league in 100 plus mile per hour pitches this season. He's got a sub three ERA. Trevor McGill has been able to provide a three ERA or a Lopez, Michael Fulmer. They've been solid out there in the bullpen and then for the Kansas City Royals. They're dead last in terms of bullpen ERA in the big leagues. Josh Stamont since coming off of injury has been a hot mess. Scott Barlow is busting up a sub three ERA. Don Coleman has been solid for the team as well. And Amir Garrett recently has been better, but he, Wyatt Mills, Luke Weaver, all these guys are in the 450 ERA overall for the season. So I do think that the Twins going to be able to scratch across a few runs on a guy in Zach Ranky just is not the same when he is on the road. And I do think that Sonny Gray going to be relatively dominant here. I did find him saying my total at an 8.2, so I'm taking a look at the 8.5s, and, and I'm looking at an under there and one to take the Twins on the run line. 973, 974 on the betting board. It is the Oakland A's. They hit the road. They're facing off against the Texas Rangers. To be determined, it's going to be going for the Rangers, and J.P. Sears is on the bump for Oakland. This is a game that is presently off the board now. The Rangers could do anything here because they wound up getting their manager, Mr. Woodward Monday. So that makes it very, very interesting. It looks like we're probably going to be getting in some form or fashion Taylor Hearn, whether that be him starting or him being a little bit of a bulk guy. And if we do wind up getting Taylor Hearn as a starter slash bulk guy against J.P. Sears, I'm setting the Rangers minus 133 on the money line and making my total 9.3 to where a 9 or less, I'd be taking a look at an over 9.5 or higher to the under when it comes to the Texas Rangers bunch. They do have plenty of power in the lineup as Corey Seager has been able to do a very solid job this season. 25 plus home runs out of MS. He, Adelise Garcia, Jonah Heim, all in between about a 250 to 255. You've got Heim who's been 
been able to give you right around 13 home runs thus far this season. Adolis Garcia, he's closing in on 20 bombs. And Marcus Simeon, he's been able to do a tremendous job ever since. He had a really rough start to the season, which for his 40 games of the campaign did not wind up hammering out a single home run. He has been able to slug out 17 ever since then. So that has been a very encouraging sign for this team. You've got Leody Tavares, who's sitting nearly a 300 for this bunch as well. And then you do take a look at the Oakland A's. And they've been able to get a little bit of power recently out of Seth Brown. He's been able to provide 17 home runs. You don't really have a single guy that's gotten north of 20 at-bats for the team, hitting above a 245, as you do have quite a few guys hitting in. We're going to call it about that 230 to the 245 range. Seth Martinez, Ramon Laureano, Chad Pinder, Jonah Bride, guys like this. So you're going to need a little bit more there. And for the Oakland A's, you've got A.J. Puck, Samuel, Domingo, Acevedo, Zach Jackson, all providing a sub-3-4 ERA out there in the bullpen. Meanwhile, for the Texas Rangers, since the injury of Joe Barlow, it has went straight down the toilet. Well, Brock Burke, Matt Moore, both of these guys have a sub-2 ERA. But Garrett Richards, over the last 40 days, has north of a 12 ERA. He's been terrible. Dennis Santana, before he went on the injured list, was terrible. Jose LeClerc, he's got north of a 4 ERA. Jonathan Hernandez has been relatively okay as well. And it's hard to have too much faith in Taylor Hearn because you take a look at the track record of Taylor Hearn and it's not good. When he's been on the bullpen, it's been a tad bit better, but you take a look at Mr. Hearn and for the season, he's posting up a 531 ERA. And in my opinion, with his buck 59 width, he's lucky that the ERA isn't much more worse because he's been giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings. He's been able to do an okay job of be able to keep the ball in the yard, but a little bit over four walks per nine innings at home. A 426 ERA compared to a 724 ERA on the road. Opponents are a 275 off of him. And then for J.P. Sears, he's got a lot of upside. His last start against the LA Angels, it wasn't necessarily supreme, but at the same time, it was far from terrible. A kid from the Citadel that is able to get a few swings and misses. His AAA numbers this year were very, very impressive. Take a look at what he's been able to do overall. He's been getting right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. I do think that that is going to improve a little bit, but command certainly has been there at the big league level. Five walks across 27 and third innings with just one home run surrendered. So I do think that the Oakland A's going to be relatively competitive in this game. If it is Mr. Earn against Sears saying the Rangers at minus 133, nine or less looking at an over nine and a half or higher to the under as we go 975, 976 on the main where the Houston Astros, the third faceoff gets the Chicago White Sox. As Dylan Cease and Decease is going to be going for the Sox and Justin Verlander is going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston is anywhere between minus 119 and minus 120, seeing it's straight minus 117 out there as well. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Southsiders, anywhere between even money and plus 110 is your price. 7 is the total. The under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. So one to lay up to a minus 127 when it comes to Houston. I think that both of these guys are going to be able to deliver a very good duel and I look at this total and I like the under. Set it at a 6.3. This is legitimately a battle for the Cy Young right now. These are my two guys that I'd be taking a look at for the Cy Young. Both have sub-two ERAs. Both of these guys have been incredible with what they've been able to do in terms of keeping the ball in the yard. Sees 10 home runs, give it up an hour and 28 and two-thirds innings. 12 bombs and 136 innings for Verlander. A little bit of different strokes for different folks here. Verlander has been getting 9 strikeouts per 9 innings. Cease more on 12 punch outs per 9 innings, but Cease he has not been able to do as good of a job in terms of the walks. A little bit over 3.5 walks per 9 innings. Meanwhile, Verlander sub 2 walks per 9 innings, but both of these guys have been absolutely amazing. Cease has actually been worse at home rather than on the road. 250 home ERA, $1.34 ERA on the road. Just a little bit of a case in which he has faced all the good teams when he has been at home. So that is something to take a look at. And with regards to Houston Astros, something to take a look at is that Jose Altuve wanted getting the day off yesterday. I fully expect him to be 
back as he and Kyle Tucker both have been able to give the team 19-plus home runs. Altuve hitting right around 275, so he has been able to do an absolutely tremendous job there. And then you do take a look at Trey Bumo Mancini, three home runs ever since he wanted coming into the fold for this team. Christian Vasquez has been utilized in a little bit of a lesser capacity than I was expecting, but he's been able to 275 to 280 all season long. When he's been out there, Jordan Alvarez, he's been a little bit cold recently, so do take note of that, but still has been able to hit right around 330-plus home runs this season. You know that he won't be in a funk for long, but for the White Sox, the big thing for this team is that they get on base, they don't necessarily supply a whole bunch of power. As right now, you've got a trio of guys with a double-digit amount of homers, as you're currently getting 14 out of Jose Abreu, 13 from Andrew Vaughn, and Luis Robert. He's pounded out 12. All these guys entered in a Monday hitting between a 300 and 301. When Tim Anderson's been out there, he's been solid at being able to get on base as well, but guys at the bottom of the fold, like Yuan Makata, Lori Garcia, they need to pick it up just a little bit. They're hitting a 225 or lower. Yes, Monty Grandal has been a hot mess this season as well. But for the White Sox, bullpen has been a little bit better recently. Rinaldo Lopez, Jimmy Lambert, failed starters. They've gone to the bullpen. They provided a sub-3 ERA. Joe Kelly has still been absolutely terrible this season, but you don't have to deal with Tanner Banks at this point. Matt Foster is currently not in the fold. That's honestly not a bad thing because Kendall Grayman, Liam Hendricks, these guys have been able to do a solid job, but I have a little bit more faith in this Houston Astros bullpen. Currently number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA as Rafael Motero, Ryan Sanic, both of these guys providing a sub-3 ERA. Seth Martinez has been solid. He's providing right around a 250 ERA. Ryan Presley, he does a good job at the closer spot as well. A little bit more power with the Houston Astros. A better bullpen, so that's why I do wind up giving them a little bit of an edge. And on top of that, I trust him for Justin Verlander being able to line just a little bit of length because he doesn't wind up giving up as many walks, which is why I'm going to lay up to a minus 127 with Houston. And I do think that this is going to be a pitcher's rule that lives up to it. Set my total at 6.3, looking at the under as well. 977, 978 on the bang board. The Seattle Mariners, they third face off against the LA Angels. That's Jose Suarez. That's going to be going for the Angels. Robbie Ray is on the bump for Seattle. Seattle is between a minus 158 and a minus 165 favorite. Meanwhile, between plus 140 and plus 152 is your price. On the Angels, 7F is your total. The over is minus 115, and the under is minus 105. And when it comes to Seattle, I do feel like they should be a pretty chalky favorite in this spot. I wound up saying them at a minus 164 personally. If you do take a look at the run line, you're finding that in between even money and right around a minus 102-ish, and I was going to lay up to a minus 105. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Mariners on the run line with Jose Suarez. Has always been better as a bullpen piece rather than as a starter. His ERA is actually two points lower when he winds up coming out of the bullpen for his career rather than when he does wind up starting. Now, if you've got a fear with Robbie Ray on the flip side, it is the fact that he has not been the same pitcher when he has been away from Seattle. Overall, a 390 ERA this season, and it's a big, giant chasm. 280 home ERA compared to a 550 ERA on the rookie up nine home runs in a little bit over 80 innings at home on the road. It's home runs per nine rate, a little bit north of two, 13 home runs in 55 and two-thirds innings. But good news for our good friend Robbie Ray is that the LA Angels, without having Mike Trout in the fold, it has been very, very bad for this offense. As a matter of fact, since the beginning of the month of June, they're averaging right around 3.2 runs per game. Shoei Otani has been tremendous, sitting at 255, 26 home runs. Taylor Ward, Gerald Walsh, both of these guys have a combined 30 home runs, but both of these guys over the last 45 days, they are both hitting at 220 or lower, and then you wind up getting into Max Sassi, Mengoli, Sierra, Andrew Velasquez, 
Steven Duger, all these guys are in a 215 or lower, Kurt Suzuki, and you do have Luis Rennie, if he's been able to 270, and David Fletcher, since he's resurfaced at the big league level, he's been solid, and then for the Seattle Mariners, Julio Rodriguez, along with Eugenio Suarez, both between 18 and 19 home runs, he did wind up having Suarez unfold yesterday, but Mitch Hanniger coming back, I think is just absolutely massive for this team, going into yesterday, he was sitting about a 290 in his limited amount of at-bats this season, but last season in a full season for Seattle, 100 RBI, 39 home runs. He was hitting 255 or so. That is a big bat for this team. You do have Ty Francis hitting right around 290 as well, so he's been able to do a solid job. Adam Frazier over the last 45 days, he's been able to above a three on the Seattle bullpen. It has been lights out. It has been the best bullpen in the big leagues in terms of ERA over the last two months. Guys like Diego Castillo throwing their Andres Munoz that really struggled at the beginning of the season over the last 60 days. They're posting up sub-250 ERAs. Paul Sewald, Eric Swanson, Penn Murphy all season long. These guys have been able to provide a sub-250 ERA as well. And for the LA Angels, you've got Ryan Tapera and Aaron Lupa are providing north of a 375 ERA. Jimmy Harrigan, Jose Quiata. These guys have been relatively solid, but don't have a lot of faith here in Jose Suarez. Now, what I will say about our good friend Mr. Suarez is that recently he's been able to do a little bit of a better job. And the big thing for Suarez is that he has been able to get nine strikeouts per nine innings. Along with that, though, he has been giving up right around four walks per nine innings. Last start for Suarez, he wound up going, I believe it was seven or eight scoreless against Oakland. So was able to do a solid job there. As a result, 344 road ERA compared to a 476 ERA at home. But you take a look at the last four starts. 3-1 record in those starts. 21 innings has given up 7 runs, 6 of which have been earned, so he's been able to rein it in a little bit more there. I don't think that this is going to be by any means a bad serve for Jose Suarez. He's just backed up by absolutely no bullpen whatsoever, and I do think that Robbie Ray going to go to work against an Angels team that they are not putting bat to ball right now. As a result, I'm going to be taking a look at Seattle on the run line. Set my total at 7.3, so looking under as well, and we wrap things up with 979, 980 on the betting board. The Pittsburgh Pirates play host the Boston Red Sox. Nick Bavetta is going to be going for the Sox, and got Mitch Keller on the bump for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh between a plus 120 to a plus 130 underdog, and between minus 138 to minus 140 is your price. On Boston, seems low as minus 135 as well. Enough is your total over and under any between minus 105 and minus 115. Did wind up setting my total at an 8.1. Not necessarily because the Boston Red Sox pitching has been too supreme as You've got a lot of guys like Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes, Darwinson Hernandez posting up north of a 5 ERA in the bullpen this season. And for Darwinson Hernandez, literally a 20 ERA this season. I mean, it's just absolutely deplorable. But over his career, Nick Pavetta has been a little bit better on the road rather than at home when he's been with the Boston Red Sox. That's been the case this season. 452 home ERA, 450 ERA on the road. The Split last season was a little bit better than a point, so that is something to take a look at with Pavetta. He's been giving up the deep ball quite a bit. 18 home runs surrendered and about 129 and two-thirds innings with opponents saying a 252 off of him, but he has been able to get swings and misses. A little bit over eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. And for Mitch Keller, he's been a little bit better ever since he was looking like he was going to be getting demoted to the bullpen ever since then. He's come out and he's been able to provide six straight starts in which he has allowed three earned runs or fewer, allowing one run in four of those starts. So he's been able to really get into tip-top shape. When it comes to Keller, what you always fear with him is the walks. As overall this season, he has been providing right around 3.4 walks per nine innings, 430 home ERA compared to a 420 ERA on the road. He's been giving up right around 0.8 home runs per nine innings. As a result, a 245 ERA over his last five starts, and he's been able to fill 29 and two-thirds innings in those starts as well. Swing and miss stuff has been a little bit down, but he's also been able to do a better job with the walks. Seven walks in those 29 and a third innings out with Boston. They do have the leg up when it comes to the lineup as Rafi Devers. 
He has been incredible for the team, hitting a 305, 25 home run. Sander Bogarts, he's hitting right around a 300 as well. And JD Martinez was able to get a little bit back online in that series against the Yankees. He wound up having a 3 8 game on Friday, but you take a look at JD Martinez, and over the last 50 days, he's hitting below a buck 75. He is just nowhere to be found for the team at this point. You've got guys like Kevin Polowiecki, Bobby Dalbeck that you just need a little bit more out of. Trevor Story, he's been out of the fold for quite a while. He's one of the top matchers for the team, as really, other than Rafael Devers, Bobby Dalbeck is the only healthy player that has been able to give the team a double-digit amount of homers. Now, I will say Alex Verdugo, he's done a very good job of being able to move the line as well. Overall for the season, he's in a 275. That batting average has just been going up and up and up as the season has went along, right around a 315 average ever since the All-Star break. So, credit where credit is due there. But reason why I do like the under is that, for one, Pittsburgh, a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. And for two, you just take a look at this lineup, and it's pretty darn deplorable. You do have guys that are able to move the line. Brian Reynolds is your main 117 home runs. He, along with Cabrian Ace, both hitting between about a 250 to a 260. So that helps the team out. Kevin Newman, he's hitting right around 265 as well. But you do take a look at some of these guys at the bottom of the full. Diego Castillo, Cal Mitchell, Oniel Cruz, Tyler Heineman, who I'm pretty sure is now on the injured list. Josh Van Meter, Gregory Allen, Yoshi Satsugo, all these guys. A 215 or lower outside of Brian Reynolds. You've had Michael Chavis be able to give you 12 home runs, and that is it for the team's power. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they have been a bottom five team in terms of bullpen ERA over the last 40 or so days and for the season, really, as well. But you do have a couple guys doing a nice job out there in the bullpen. Chase Young, along with Will Crow, they're both able to give you multiple innings. They both have be able to provide a sub 3 4 ERA. Yohan Ramirez is someone that they picked up off the Sky He and Colin Holderman, they've been relatively solid with Holderman providing a sub 2 ERA this season as well. So I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game with the struggles of the Pirates bats. So, Submitil at 88.1, looking under and with the Red Sox. Want to lay up to a minus 148 on the money line. I want no part of the run line with the way that the Red Sox bullpen has been. Bottom five of the big leagues in terms of ERA in the last 45 days from that bullpen. So, looking under and looking at the Red Sox. And that will wrap things up for the Tuesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family and Podcast. Big thanks to Jared Smith of Pickwise for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNRSQuarty1. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like here on this podcast. Via that five star review, coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.